We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com, talking everything week 13. So coming off Thanksgiving, guys, it's been a while since we talked. So I am your host, Chris Beermaker's fan, Prince. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Let me bring in my fellow OGs, Notorious and Head Chopper. Boys, again, it's been a while since we've talked, so before Thanksgiving. So how was the football? Thanksgiving slate, week 12. How was the holidays? How was the double Thanksgiving? Chop, we'll start with you. I know you had a long day, my friend, on Thanksgiving. Everything go okay? Everybody's still alive? All well? They're in the Kaplan household. Man, we're, we're still alive, but I can tell you right now, I won't do that again next year. I'll, I'll make sure that we figure out something else. That's, that was a little too much. Well, we tried to tell you that before you even, yeah. before you even <laughs> dug into that. Like well, you, you know, my that. options, my options were limited there, you know, and, and I really wanted to have that free freed up next next day, Friday, because of all the college football. So I didn't want to have anything going on there. So I tried to force it in there, but I won't do that again. But we're still alive. I mean, the the I mean, the freaking games that day on Thursday, that was just terrible. I was just total, total blank right there. You know, I was a big mess for my DFS. So. That wasn't enjoyable, but here we are, man, about – we're recording this about five or six days after Thanksgiving, and I have – I swear to you, I have yet to have a meal except for breakfast that dis- doesn't include ham or turkey. We're still sucking down the ham and turkey. <laughs> sure, my breakfasts are including turkey. The wife is just pushing the turkey hard, and my family, they love to take the extras and make, like, turkey soup out of it. So January comes around, still eating damn turkey. So, Yeah. <laughs> Derek, my man, how was the uh, Thanksgiving slate, week 12? How were the holidays? What's going on? I know you've been traveling a lot, so welcome welcome back to normalcy here. Yeah, definitely a lot of travel. Managed to survive all of that. Uh, traveled to a very small town for uh, Thanksgiving. My family lives 
this tiny little town. And uh, of course, I didn't have any service on my phone. And of course, we decided to do Thanksgiving at some little senior citizen center. Uh, <laughs> so they didn't have a TV that worked. Uh, it was pretty terrible in terms of checking scores on uh, Thanksgiving. But uh, yeah, I went out to Nashville for our editor's wedding. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm ready to just get back to routine. Uh, something about travel that just makes you want to be home. Yeah, it's always a weird week, Thanksgiving. Get that three-gamer in. I always felt behind going into Sunday. So not a, not a great Sunday slate for me. And I'm going to start with a poor one out. If it, Poor one out for anybody that didn't have Christian McCaffrey on Sunday. And my hand is raised right now like a donkey. Somehow I missed that one. So poor one out for all the lineups without Christian McCaffrey. But definitely a losing week. Looking to get back on track here for week 13. And how do we start that out? We start out on Thursday night, guys. It looks like a hell of a game here. New Orleans and Dallas to lead us off here on the Thursday night slate. So, Chop, this is your team, my man. So we're going we're gonna to start with you here. The Saints on an absolute tear. Your Cowboys playing very good football. Let's look at it from the, the captain, the showdown point of view. $1 million tournament for us here in this one. So options for that captain. I know it's early in the week, but let's get started. Let's win some money. Let's lead it off, Chop. What do you got? Oh, man. So uh, if I'm looking at the captain this week in this game, I guess right away I'm going to eliminate the Dallas guys. I mean, you just kind of got to take a stand somewhere, and I'm going to eliminate the Dallas guys. So my captain's got to come from New Orleans, and I mean, just based on a couple of weeks' worth of kind of struggling a little bit, I would say Michael Thomas stands out to me as a guy who could really get loose in this game against that secondary. I mean, obviously, you could take Thomas's name, Kamara, Ingram, Drew Brees, put it in a hat, pull it out, and that could be your captain, and one is as good as the other. But I'll, go, I'll lean on Michael Thomas to be the captain this, this week. And uh, I, like, uh, I like the New Orleans side, obviously, a little bit more than Dallas side. It just, just, but there's a piece of me that says maybe, maybe if the, if the offensive line gets healthy and we get some guys back, Maybe they can lean on Elliott and do something that a lot of people haven't been able to do to New Orleans this year, which is run on them. You just never know. That's definitely a possibility. But, you know, Cooper got his big game there last week. I'm definitely not going back to Cooper in this game. So it's Elliott or bust for the Cowboys. And obviously it's the same old characters for New Orleans. But I'm going to lean towards Michael Thomas. All right, Derek, let's get over to you. And, and this is one of those games. you got a lot of expensive pieces. So the captain, Chop thinks New Orleans, I tend to agree. Any value pieces here? we got to save money somehow. Is it kickers? Uh, is there a guy in the bottom somewhere that you trust, you feel good about? Let's hunt out some value and then some of your best plays out of this game as well. Yeah, in terms of value, you're going to keep a close eye on Traquan Smith. If he's unable to go, I think everyone will go up to, uh, you know, Austin Carr and uh, Kirkwood. But I think the guy that you want to have here uh, is going to be Dan Arnold. Uh, he's a former wide receiver that converted to tight end. He was getting some uh, run last week in the, in the slot. I think he had four catches. So he's going to be a guy that I might uh, end up playing quite a bit. Uh, he's only 2,700 in the captain. Uh, so it really allows you to load up on the rest of your lineup. And then uh, kind of like Michael Gallup a little bit for the Cowboys. I'm kind of with Chop. I want to fade Amari Cooper after that big game. So maybe uh, look to Gallup on that side. This game does – uh, set up better for the passing game than it does for the running game. Chop talked about uh, the Saints being so tough against the runs. So maybe this is a game where uh, we can lean on Dak a little bit. He does uh, have the ability to make plays with his legs, and they're going to be playing from behind. So 
I mind looking at Gallup and Prescott, a little combo there. And then, yeah, with the Saints, you just pick your poison. You can play all of them. Uh, you can play any of them. Uh, it doesn't really matter. You can even play both running backs together because they're so involved offensively. Yeah, I mean, Mark Ingram remains the cheapest of the two. Low kicker here. We don't talk much kicker, but Will Lutz, limited practice on Monday. So maybe you can get an advantage there. Uh, people might try to play him if he's out. So I like the Dan Arnold call. Chop, I know you guys talk about Taysom Hill a lot on your show with Tony. What, what do we do with Taysom Hill real quick? Is he of interest or are we getting too cute? They're only 1,600 as a flex. Is he a guy you feel good about or is that ship already sailed? No, I mean, you could – any anytime you get a guy down in that price range, I mean, you could afford a you know a nothing out of a zero out of him if you can hit your other guys. If it's a superstar driven game, and this features Breeze, Ingram, Kamara, and Michael Thomas, so that could pay off dividends. You know, if if you can stuff your roster with the rest of those guys, and if a guy like that gets into the end zone, it's just a pure bonus. But you don't expect a lot out of him. But just going over this game, man, is bringing back terrible memories of Thanksgiving, man, of 25% on Damari Cooper breaking the slate, and and then you wait for the nighttime, and <laughs> Drew Brees spreads it around to everybody but the superstars. And, you know, Kamara, Ingram, and Thomas were bust, so I'm ready to get off this game already. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Sunday. Let's let's start with Baltimore and Atlanta. Very interesting game here, guys. In Atlanta, we know that Atlanta offense very good at home. We know Baltimore, one of the better defenses in the league. The big story here, Lamar Jackson or Joe Flacco, and what do you think Baltimore should do? What do you think is going to happen? So, Derek, let's start with you here. Let's pretend it's Lamar Jackson in there again. Do we go back to the well? The price is up. Another good matchup for him. Yes or no on Lamar Jackson, and then the rest of your thoughts on Ravens and Falcons. Yeah, assuming Joe Flacco's out, that's a yes for me on Lamar Jackson. He just gives you such a high rushing floor. Uh, with his ability to make plays with his legs, he has 26 and 11 rushing attempts in his two starts, and they're letting him throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, I think last week they kind of used that as you know, sort of a test for what they can expect moving forward. Uh, if he's going to be their starting quarterback, then they're going to need him to air it out. They're going to need him to be a dual-threat quarterback. So I think they kind of let him air it out a little bit more, um, and that they're going to need this game. So maybe they let him uh, get a few more rushes in this one. I think he offers a high floor. I like the price point of 59. So, uh, yeah, I'll be going back to that well. And the other injury to monitor uh, is Alex Collins. Not sure if last week he was just a healthy scratch or, uh, you know, if he just, you know, had a late setback or whatever. But it looked like he was going to play, and then he got ruled out. So if he's out again, Gus Edwards fired him up once again. He has 135, 133 rushing yards over the last two games. I know he doesn't do a lot in the, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield, but the Falcons, they just uh, give a ton of targets to opposing running backs. So I think uh, you can go right back to those two. You can play them together. Uh, that's what I did last week in cash, and I would probably do the same again uh, this week. As far as their wide receivers go, you know, he's just not airing it out enough for me to feel great about any of them. Then on the Atlanta side, it's a really tough matchup. I know uh, Matt Ryan's been really good at home, averaging 29 fantasy points. But for me, it's just Julio or bust. Uh, he continues to play well. He scored at least 21 fantasy points in six straight. And uh, he continues the streak of when I play him, he does not find the end zone, but he just gets all the catches and all the yards. So uh, we'll see if that uh, breaks this week. So once again, I got to ask the question. I think I ask every week, are you playing Julio Jones or not? I got it. It was too cheap. Okay. Sorry, guys. Crossing Sorry. them off the list, Chop. So, over to you, Chop. We've got, you know, Baltimore again. And Derek hit on a lot of guys. Edwards intriguing. Don't forget about Ty Montgomery got involved in this, this last game. You know, eight carries, saw three targets. So, he could be a guy that they utilize against this Atlanta defense as well, who struggles 
against pass catchers, only 3,600 on DK. So, like some Ty Montgomery, like some Edwards, chop Lamar Jackson, yes or no? Yeah, for fantasy purposes right now, I think you got to take Lamar Jackson. You got to keep him, keep him uh, relevant for right now. But long term, obviously, I'm going to stick by the stance that he's not going to be a good quarterback long term. He's not. There's no guy that's built like him that's going to be able to take 27 and 11 carries a game getting hit by NFL linebackers. So for right now, though, he seems healthy and he's still running. So you got to play him because the rushing, like Derek said, rushing. That rushing floor is pretty incredible. So, yeah, you could play him. Here's here's where I think uh, I might get cute with it this week is the running backs for Baltimore. I may fade them. But you never fade running backs against Atlanta is what they say. But Deion Jones might be back this week. They've had an extended rest. He's been kind of like highly questionable this last couple of weeks since that early season injury. This might be the week he gets back with that extra rest from Thanksgiving. And if so, that changes the dynamic of the defense. Everything they've you know, giving up this year is without Deion Jones. And if they, if he comes back, maybe we could be the smart ones and fade Gus Edwards, Collins, and all these other guys, whoever's healthy, and, and let somebody else load up on it. And maybe Atlanta all of a sudden is a lot stricter against running backs and we, and we got a good fade on our hands. So that's a possibility. But as long as Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, I'm probably going to fade John Brown and Michael Crabtree and even Willie Sneed. Uh, so Lamar Jackson is the only guy I like on that side. And on the flip side there, yeah, just what Derek said. They're all those guys are in play. Julio, <laughs> I mean, that's a cheap price, man, and he's matchup proof. So I could go back to Julio. I mean, that's the only wide receiver I have any interest in. Calvin Ridley's so hit or miss, and Sanu had the perfect matchup on Thanksgiving Day and disappointed. So I can't trust him no matter what. So uh, Julio's it's Julio or bust. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. Even a guy like Austin Hooper, the targets all over the map: three, eleven, eight, five. You never know what you're going to get out of him. So. I think Atlanta will go under-owned just because they're playing Baltimore, so I think it's a spot you can pick and choose. Uh, I wouldn't go too crazy on it. Pretty much Julio uh, for me there as well. All right, next game, guys, Carolina and Tampa Bay. This one should be fun, one of the higher totals we have on the slate and on the year. We're sitting at about a 56 in this one, Chop. So Jameis survived. He made it through the entire game somehow and didn't turn the ball over, which was really surprising. So now gets a home game here with Carolina. We know what Carolina's all about. A lot of Cam Newton. I mentioned Christian McCaffrey coming off that massive game. So this is going to be a popular target chop. Overweight, underweight, how do we handle this game? I think everybody's going to be looking at this one. Well, I'm going to be way underweight on McCaffrey at eight at 8.8K. So you certainly don't expect him to put up another 52-point performance. So uh, even a good game at this price tag might not be enough. So I'll be underweight on him, and uh, but I'll be overweight on Cam Newton. It's the, it's the receivers here who are interesting, and we've got to see what Funchess does this week and if, and if he comes back healthy. But, you know, if Funchess were to miss this game again, uh, I would probably have more shares of Curtis Samuel than DJ Moore this week. I, I find him a lot more intriguing, especially at the almost 2K discount on DraftKings. That's the guy I would lean to. And, uh, but, you know, obviously Moore is pretty electric when they get the ball in his hands, so. He's fine, too. On the flip side, I think Tampa's a good, in a good spot here. Winston, very pass-heavy. Mike Evans is back on board now. A couple of nice games in a row. Mike Evans looks good. He's the guy I would trust. Cameron Brait obviously looks touchdown dependent is what they say, and that's what he is. But he, he'll get some with Jameis Winston at, at quarterback. So, And this is a matchup where I know 
Carolina just gets ate up in the red zone by tight ends for a lot of touchdowns. So maybe Brate's maybe Brate's the guy to play here. But uh, yeah, you're right. Passing game, friendly game for me here. I like them all. All right, Derek, over to you. A lot to get to here. Carolina and Tampa Bay. What do you think? Yeah, I love this game. It's hard to believe the Bucks uh, have the number or rank number one in yards per game so far this season. More than the Rams, more than the Chiefs, uh, and they've had you know dual quarterbacks pretty much all year. So I'll go right back to Jameis. I know a lot of people were scared to play him in cash last week, but uh, you can't really play scared uh, when it comes to DFS. Uh, so I'd like Jameis again. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks of the slate. Carolina isn't nearly as good against the pass as most people think. They're actually ranked 25th in DVOA. Uh, I think you can go to Peyton Barber maybe in uh, tournaments. He's basically getting 40, 14 to 16 touches a week. He gets the goal line work. He's still only 3,700 on DraftKings, and he has had a few targets over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, I love Brate. Anytime uh, O.J. Howard's out and Jameis is a quarterback, Brate's going to be on my radar. Carolina really struggles against tight ends, so he should see a number of targets in this one. As for the receivers, I think you can look at Evans. Uh, Humphreys has been pretty solid. We have Chris Godwin. He played 67% of the snaps last week, which was up quite a bit from the previous two weeks. Uh, so maybe you take a shot on him at 3,900. Then on the other side, it's just the usual suspects. Uh, Cam, obviously, uh, in play. He has 21 fantasy points in six of his last seven games. Uh, C-Mac, I kind of agree with Chop. I do think he's going to be very popular. So maybe in tournaments you look to fade him. I know it's early in the week, and we don't have ownership projections yet, but there's a chance he could be more popular than Gurley uh, coming off of the bye. We'll get there, but uh, I do like Gurley a little bit more than McCaffrey. And then DJ Moore, even if Funchess is back, I think he's going to be the number one moving forward. And uh, Olsen, going up against Tampa Bay, they're 31st uh, in DVOA against tight ends. We saw Kittle have a little bit of a down game against them, but he did see 12 targets, and uh, it could have been a much bigger game. So I like this game a lot. I'm going to be stacking it. And it'll probably be one of my heaviest exposure games of the week. Yeah, can't blame you there. I mean, there's a lot to go here. There's some value pieces. There's, there's quarterbacks. There's everything alike in this game. So definitely a stackable game. Definitely one you're going to want exposure to, no doubt. Let's move on. Next game, guys, Chicago and the New York Giants. So tale of two teams here, one playing very well, one not so much. So, you know, Giants at home, tough draw here with the Chicago defense. So, Barkley, Odell, Derek, what do we do with these guys against Chicago? Are they matchup proof enough for you to play them in this matchup? And then Chicago, you know, they spread it around to a bunch of different guys. Who stands out as the standout options here against the Giants? Yeah, for Chicago, going to have to wait and see if Trubisky's able to play or not. I mean, if he's active, I do think you can play him at 5,700. We know he makes a lot of plays with his legs, and I always like those dual threat quarterbacks. Uh, no, we're not really interested in Jordan Howard. Uh, I'm not sure. If you could beat uh, Beard in a foot race right now, he just looks so slow out there. Um, Tariq Cohen, I, I don't hate him, but 5,600 is a lot to ask for in this slate. The slate is loaded with value running back, so probably can't go there. I don't mind looking at Taylor Gabriel. He does have 14 catches and 17 targets over the last two games. But uh, overall, not a ton of interest in Chicago, even though it's a pretty good matchup. And then I like the DraftKings, you know, price down some of these Giants guys. You know, Saquon and Odell both price under 8K. Saquon's been matchup proof all year. If he's not getting it going on the ground game, then he's going to get a ton of targets through the air. So I, he's one of my favorite running backs of the week. This will probably be the week Odell finally goes off. You know, he's been popular each of the last two weeks. He's been held under 20 fantasy points in both games. So I think this is probably the time to hop back on in tournaments. Uh, not looking to pair him up with Eli or anything like that, but I think. Uh, both of these superstars are going to be in play for the Giants. 
Yeah, those are nice prices on those guys. So I got no issues going back to the, to that well. I mean, the, the Bears defense has been good. It's not one that I'm going to completely avoid Giants against. What about you, Chop? Good prices on, on Barkley and Beckham, like Derek mentioned. And then the Chicago side, you know, pieces you want here. Is it a Cohen? Is it Robinson? Trey Burton's under 4K on DraftKings. A lot of different ways you can go with the Bears. Uh, I could play Saquon, but I'm I'm not going to play Odell. I'm just similar to the Philly game last week. Uh, I wasn't super confident. Yeah, I think he's a great player, but his quarterback sucks right now, and I, I'm not going to go there. I mean, I could. Can, can you not envision a scenario where Khalil Mack is just in his face all game long, and that skittish Eli with his oh, goofy he's just falling down <laughs> with his goofy faces throwing the ball 15 yards out of bounds every play? I'm not. I can't trust. He just doesn't have a good quarterback, so I can't trust Odell right now. But I think Saquon's fine. Uh, I have uh, some interest in Chicago for sure. Trubisky, I'm pretty sure he'll play this game, and he's got an extended rest now. And the only reason he didn't play that last game was because it was on a four-day week for Thanksgiving. I think he's going to be healthy, and he'll be one of my favorite quarterbacks this week because, I mean, we've seen this year his upside when he runs the ball. Oh, man, his upside is pretty incredible. So I'll play Trubisky. Pass on the running backs. Pass on Robinson, Gabriel. Maybe a little bit of Anthony Miller, and I have more interest in Trey Burton than anybody else in, in this pass receiving core. So that's, that's kind of where I'm going there. Yeah, it's a nice price on Burton. So he's a guy that stood out to me as well. You know, been very inconsistent, but the upside is there. They target him in, in, when they get close. So uh, I like him in this matchup against the Giants. All right, next game for us. Not very exciting here, Chop. Buffalo and Miami, you know, two AFC's Ooh. teams. Yeah, not not a lot here that I'm seeing. So any any – Nuggets here you can dig out for us or for Bills and Dolphins. No Nuggets. I could say this much. We're back to 13 games on the main slate with no bye weeks this week. So you can fade big, you know. It's tougher to fade entire games on a 10-game slate, but for 13 games you can do it. And this really has the writings, the makings of a game you can fade all together. I don't have much interest in any of these guys, if we're being honest. All right, Derek, any more interest in this game than Chop has? I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm not just going to name names to give you somebody. I, I don't like anybody in this game. So pretty much a stay away from me. Maybe some defenses here. But, Derek, you always bring the stats, the air yards, anything stand out here in Bills and Dolphins. Yeah, this one's ugly. As far as I'm concerned, it's a 12-game main slate. Uh, maybe look at uh, the Dolphins' defense. You know, they might be able to get some pressure on Josh Allen, but uh, that's about it for me. All right, let's move on. Nice and easy, simple. No need to waste time on that one. Denver, Cincinnati is our next one here, Derek. Uh, Broncos played very well, beating Pittsburgh at home. Cincinnati, they're still in there. Somehow, some way, they got destroyed by Cleveland. It was great to see some of those guys. You know, the guy hands Hugh Jackson the ball, Baker Mayfield. Uh, it was interesting there. But coming back home here against Denver, thoughts here. The one thing I see that stands out Philip Lindsay remains vastly underpriced right now. A guy that just continues to put 20 DraftKings points on the board. So he's one of my favorite plays on the week. Your thoughts, Broncos, Bengals. Yeah, absolutely on board with the Philip Lindsay call. Saw 63% of the snaps last week, which was a lot higher than we were expecting with Freeman back. Cincinnati in the bottom three in both DVOA against the run and DVOA against pass catching running backs. So uh, definitely like that call quite a bit. I think you can go to Emmanuel Sanders. He's kind of in the same boat as Lindsey, just gets a lot of work and never seems to get the ownership uh, or the price bump that we kind of expect him to. So those would be the two that I would target from Denver. 
And before last week, Cincinnati was on pace to give up the most yards ever of any team in the history of the NFL. And after that game against the Browns, I'm guessing that they're still on pace for that. Uh, so I think those two are very interesting, and I'm not sure they'll be too popular. As far as the Bengals go, I'm not really sure what to expect for Driscoll. Uh, I don't know if I want to pay 4500 for him or fire up uh, the Broncos' defense at 2500 uh, Probably lean toward the latter in that one. Uh, Mixon, kind of a tough matchup for him, and, you know, Geo's healthy, so don't want to do that. Uh, maybe look at Tyler Boyd. I don't think A.J. Green's going to be back. There's no really, not really a reason for him to rush him back. But, uh, yeah, just not a ton to like here. Maybe look at Uzoma. He had 13 targets last week. Um, not sure if that's sustainable by any means, but uh, he is cheap across the industry. Chop, you you taking a ride on the Jeff Driscoll experience this week? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I'll, I'll dig into it a little bit more, but if my memory serves me correct, he's a uh, – He's not that good, right? I mean, I don't think he was he was pretty bad in college. I think he went to Florida, then transferred to a small school, and he did well against weak competition. So I don't think that's a guy I want to turn to. In fact, I think it kind of hurts the value of all these wide receivers enough to where I think I can almost mark Cincinnati off my list. Uh, my favorite player would be Joe Mixon, but I can't even recommend him at 7-3 as, as the sole offensive guy for Cincinnati. I just – so I, I think I'm off of Cincinnati altogether. Uh, Denver actually presents a, quite a few fantasy, you know, relevant players here. You mentioned Lindsey. Lindsey's fine. Sanders is good. You, maybe this is the week Sutton finally breaks out. And I wouldn't doubt if Royce Freeman fell into the end zone twice here because he is a guy they still give carries to in the red zone. And he's still a good back. Like, he's just overshadowed by Lindsey. He's still solid, though. This is a very weak Cincinnati defense. We know that. Maybe Freeman at 3.6K falls into the end zone for you twice, and he's your value this week. Yeah, don't hate that one. You know, I love Lindsey, but that's a nice pivot. You know, if you get those two touchdowns out of him, nobody's going to own him in very low price. And you know, Denver should be able to score however they want in this one. But both teams' team total is pretty low here. Cincinnati checking in under 20, Denver at just 24. So wouldn't go crazy with this one, but certainly some pieces. How to put in those lineups. All right, next game, the Rams traveling to Detroit here. Now, Chop, wouldn't this just be – I was talking to – I got a lot of Lions fans. I live in the D Detroit area. I'm a Green Bay fan, but a lot of Lions fans here. Wouldn't this not be they, – they crapped a bet at home on Thanksgiving. <laughs> wouldn't that be Lioness to go home and beat the Rams here in this game? Uh, it would be classic Lions. And, I mean, classic Lions, those were, that was on Thanksgiving. Classic Lions was having LeGarrette Blunt out of nowhere come up for the, like, a slate-changing performance in the early game. How the heck does that happen? This guy's terrible. This guy, I mean. He fell in the end zone twice. Not only that, he almost – did he crack 100? I think he cracked 100 or close to it, man. It was pretty unbelievable. So, Give him credit. I certainly wouldn't go back to that train again. He, that was his good, his good game in three years. That's the only game you'll have good for the next three years. So I can pass on that. But Galladay looks like the truth. That's a guy I would definitely turn to. I think Stafford's fine playing from behind here at home. He should rack up garbage time stats. And the Rams are the ones you want to look at. You know, uh, what they haven't played since that Monday night game almost two weeks ago by the time this kicks off. So – Lots of rest. Definitely looking for Gurley to rebound here as the premier player this week. No doubt he's had some off weeks, but he looked a little bit dinged up in that last game. Now he's had two weeks here to recover. 
I think he comes out hardcore, and it's a big-time Gurley week. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, like Gurley any, any week. But, you know, should be a great spot. Any Rams are in play here, like the Galladay call. I think Theo Riddick going to be very interesting here as well as they're lacking receivers. Marvin Jones placed on IR. Galladay can't do it all. So I like Theo Riddick uh, in this one as well. Derek, your thoughts here? Rams and Lions. Yeah, this should be a good one. This is one of those games where you uh, ask for extra lotion and extra towels. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, yeah, I was staying in Nashville with the wife at a hotel and – the maid comes by. We typically don't like her coming in. We don't really worry about it. Uh, so I just asked for some extra towels, and then I was like, oh, I could use some extra lotion too. And my wife wasn't by me, so I'm sure uh, the maid didn't know what the heck I was talking about. It gave me a weird look. <laughs> I didn't think anything of it, and my wife was just laughing. But, uh, yeah, this should be a fun one. So get out your lotion and towels for uh, the Rams in this one. Love golf on the fast track against the Lions. They're 31st in past DVOA this season. I think you can pair them up with Cooks and Woods. Uh, Cook's likely to see Darius Slay, so I'll give a slight edge to Woods in that one. And then Gurley, yeah, the last time we saw him was against the Chiefs, kind of let everyone down in that game. Uh, it seemed to have rolled his ankle early. Then they kind of just used him as a decoy more than anything else and then uh, headed into the bye week. So it's been a while since we've seen Gurley. I do think a lot of people will go McCaffrey over Gurley personally. I will gladly uh, go Gurley for $500 more on DraftKings. Then on the other side, uh, Stafford at 5,400 is at least a little interesting in a game where they're going to be playing from behind. Uh, sets up as a Riddick game, but running backs is loaded this week, so probably not going to be able to make room for him. And agree with Chop, I think uh, Kenny Galladay is going to be the guy I go to here. I know it's early, but it doesn't look like he's going to garner a ton of ownership, which would be nice. If you want a cheap guy, Bruce Ellington. Uh, he's caught 12 of 16 targets over the last two weeks. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. All right, moving on. Three games left here on the one o'clock games, and then we'll come back for part two and cover all the afternoon games Sunday night. And Monday Night Football, you're listening to the DFS OGs podcast. Thank you to everybody for stopping by once again. Next game, guys, Arizona and Green Bay. I'm a Packer fan. This team is just bad. It's Aaron Rodgers and not much else. So what does that say about Arizona when they are about 15-point underdogs in this game, Derek, coming to Lambeau Field? They just got throttled by the Chargers. Is this a spot where Green Bay can can pour it on? The team total is up there, so we love them at home. They're a much better team at home, obviously. They cannot win on the road. But is it an Aaron Rodgers and his pass catchers game? Is it an Aaron Jones game? Is it all of the above here for Green Bay? Yeah, it's probably all of the above. The worry when it comes to Aaron Rodgers is that they get up big and then just uh, you know sort of coast a little bit. So I'm not sure I'll be paying up for Rodgers. You know, uh, Devontae Adams going up against Patrick Peterson. That should be a fun matchup. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scanling has kind of disappeared over the last two weeks. So for me, it's probably going to be an Aaron Jones game. He's taken over the backfield, had 20 touches last week, five touchdowns over the last three games. Uh, still reasonably priced around the industry, and I think you can pair him up with that Packers defense and just have that uh, game script go both of their ways where they're playing from ahead, and so the defense – it's going to be facing a lot of passing situations. As far as Arizona goes, I don't have a ton of interest in anyone. Uh, David Johnson has been decent since Byron Leftwich took over, but he's expensive. Just rather pay up or pay down a little bit uh, at running back and don't really trust any of the pass catchers uh, with Josh Rosen at the helm. So for me, it's probably just going to be Green Bay side. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I love Aaron Jones in this spot. Nobody gives up more fantasy points to running backs than the Cardinals here. So, you know, Rodgers, we haven't seen big games out of him. Certainly possible. You know, the pass catchers could go off here. But, Chop, for me, it's all Aaron Jones. I think the bigger question is David Johnson. And we've seen him in these kind of spots at Kansas City, have a big game as an underdog. So thoughts mainly on the running backs here, Jones and Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I, I could. I'm keeping DJ in my player pool for sure. I think uh, I don't mind him at seven four for David Johnson. Still a good salary, and we, when we compare it to like Joe, that's as cheap as Joe Mixon, or it's not that much ahead of uh, Aaron Jones. And I mean, it is David Johnson. He's, he's really good, so I would keep him in there. I, I kind of fancy a little David Johnson this week. And uh, for Green Bay, I think y'all y'all you're on the money there. Aaron Jones is the guy. Uh, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, okay. I, was, I guess we'll have to wait and see what Cobb does this week, if he's going to play or not. And uh, I would also mention that maybe for value, I'm going to mention a Notre Dame guy here, so I guess the Siege needs his towel and lotion too, some extra towel and lotion too. But Equinemius St. Brown actually has looked better than Valdez, Scantling recently. So maybe that's the guy earning some more playing time if Cobb is out. So uh, I think you could take a shot on one of the – one of the cheaper wide receivers stay away from Adams this week and, and maybe go that route. Yeah. Plenty of value on those receivers for sure. Like you said, we'll see what Cobb does. Uh, you know, I don't know that they're going to rush him back. Equinemius only 3,300. So interesting play there. And Jay Kumaro maybe back as well. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, actually, no, they did not activate him. Never mind. Scratch that. So Equinemius looks like value, but love Aaron Jones in this spot. All right. Two games left guys. Cleveland, Houston next game for us, chop those Browns playing some good football. Same record as my Green Bay Packers, but now big test here going into Houston. We saw the Texans on Monday night handle business against the Titans. Is it more of the same here against Cleveland or can Cleveland put up a fight, possibly win this game in Houston? Uh, whew, that's a good question. I, I You know, I, I, I appreciate what Houston's doing. I'm not necessarily a Houston fan, but it's still my neck of the woods, so to speak. So I appreciate what they're doing, but man, it feels like such a fraudulent eight and three, you know, it feels like they're not that good. So I could definitely see Cleveland competing here. Uh, question is where, how do we get that? I mean, so Lamar Miller broke everybody's heart on Monday night with a 97 yard touchdown when nobody, I didn't ever, I didn't think he had it in him anymore. So I think he got that out of the way. Certainly not rostering him. It's, I guess, and then that was such a weird Monday night game because De Demarius Thomas went crazy too for two touchdowns. Hopkins was the one left out in the cold. I got to think that that changes this week in a big way. So Hopkins will be one of my more popular players that I'm, I'm rostering. It's like I'll be way over the field on Hopkins this week. I think that's the way to go. And on the flip side – uh, it's tough, man, because Jarvis Landry is just not living up to any of the billing that we that we thought he was going to, no matter the matchups, which are premier these days. He's still not taking advantage of it. So that's tough, man. Antonio Callaway looks like the better receiver right now. So I don't mind Callaway. I don't mind David Njoku. And I don't think it's a game I want to play Nick Chubb here. So I'll probably pass on the backfield. But, yeah, I think the Browns can keep up with them. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to pepper some guys and score some touchdowns. Yeah, they, I mean, they've been looking good. And I agree. Nick Chubb, as good as he's been, I don't know that I want him in the spot, but that could lower the ownership. I don't think a lot of people are going to be running back to that well, uh, even coming off a couple big games. So, Derek, thoughts there? Nick Chubb and the Cleveland offense. And then Houston, I, I agree with Chubb. I think it's a great spot. 
for DeAndre Hopkins to bounce back here. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree with uh, DeAndre Hopkins bouncing back. Uh, it's crazy to think that they started 0-3 and are now 8-3. and They've won eight straight. Uh, I guess uh, the last team to do that to make the playoffs after an 0-3 start was the 1998 Bills. Uh, the chance of that happening is like 2% or something crazy like that. So it is interesting to see what they're doing. I like the Texans' defense a little bit. I know uh, the Browns have been playing much better uh, since they got rid of Hugh Jackson. But Houston playing at home in a game where they should be ahead. Uh, we have seen Baker Mayfield take a bunch of sacks uh, in his uh, short career in the NFL. Uh, and Lamar Miller, yeah, it's two big games so far this season against the uh, Dolphins and then last week uh, against the Titans. We're both uh, in the showdown um, slates. So maybe you just don't play him uh, in the main slate. He's only 4,600, so I do think a lot of people go that route, but I don't think I can do it. Um, I'm officially off the Lamar Miller bandwagon, so maybe that's why he's been playing so well uh, recently. But uh, Nick Chubb, a little too expensive for me. I don't mind him in uh, you know a tournament setting. He's going to get 20 carries whether they are playing from ahead or behind. He's getting more uh, involvement in the passing game. But that just seems pricey in a week where there are so many running backs that I want to play. Uh, maybe we go back to Jarvis Landry here. His price just continues to dip. He didn't really do anything uh, last week or the week before that. So maybe this is the week that Landry uh, breaks out a little bit. Eric, let's be honest. You you emptied all the lotion and all the towels out of the out of the household last <laughs> night when Lamar's breaking that long run. I did have him as my captain. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we know you did. So it's, it's <laughs> a hell of a run there, no doubt. Good good to see him. That guy somehow has two 95 yard touchdown runs in his career. It, didn't think it was possible for him to go more than 20 yards, but you know, great run last night. Great game. You know, I don't know that I'm going to go back to him this week. I think a lot of people will, but. And certainly uh, one of the best performers last night. Now, last game for us here in part one of the pod, Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Derek, your Jags continue to struggle. Looks like they may be without Leonard Fournette here this week, appealing that suspension, but I don't see them overturning that. So interest level in the running game. You know, is it Yeldon? Is it Hyde? Is it none of the above? And then what do we do with the Colts here? On the road, is this still a defense that, that we want to avoid? Do we want to attack them here? What do we do with the Colts side of the ball? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a worse season for my Jaguars or for Chop's uh, season-long fantasy football team. They're close, man. <laughs> They're about in the same boat. It's been rough, rough, rough. Can't believe they lost uh, to the Bills. So, yeah, Fournette, if he's out, then you can definitely look at Hyde and Yeldon. They'll be two of the more popular plays. If I'm choosing one, I will go with Yeldon because this is a game where they're probably going to be uh, playing from behind. Uh, Blake Bortles bench. Don't really trust Kessler or any of those receivers. Um, D.D. Westbrook did look pretty good last week, but every time we think we have their receivers figured out, somebody else kind of steps up a little bit. So for me, it's just going to be a yelled in uh, and maybe Carlos Hyde on DraftKings at 3,300. And then for the Colts, yeah, I mean, I think they're fine. I typically like them at home a little bit more, especially Luck and Hilton. Uh, I think Ebron's going to be the guy that I lean on the most with uh, Jack Doyle out. Uh, it's the first week where I feel good about a few different tight ends. Uh, you know, we got Bray, we got... Olsen, we got uh, Ebron. They love to throw him the ball in the red zone, so he's probably going to be my go-to guy in this one. All right, Chop, wrap us up here in part one. Thoughts on Jacksonville and Indy? Uh, Indianapolis, I think he nailed it. Ebron is the guy. Uh, can't touch the backfield, not with Marlon Mack. Probably going to be out. I don't want to touch the backfield there. T.Y. Hilton is always capable of having a big game. I'd I'd like him better if he were at home on the turf uh, in Jacksonville. It's a little bit more difficult to make those long plays because Jacksonville 
I've heard the groundskeeping crew intentionally waters the ground before the games and slow down the speed of receivers like T.Y. So I'm not saying there's some gamesmanship there, but I think they're cheating. So uh, I don't know if I want to play T.Y. in this matchup, but he's always capable of a big game. On the on the flip side there, Jacksonville's in – I mean, they're just messed up now. Fournette's out. Cody Kessler's the QB. But you know what? I guess Cody Kessler probably can't be as bad as Blake Bortles, so maybe – Maybe we can pull off like a Keelan Cole or a D.D. Westbrook bomb here. Who knows? I'll take a shot on one of the receivers. I probably don't want to mess around with the backfield. Uh, with Carlos Hyde, if Carlos Hyde wasn't there, then maybe I would probably go Yeldon. But with Carlos Hyde there, there's no telling how this is going to shake out. So I'll probably pass on that. But I think there's some interest. I have some interest in one of those receivers. They got three guys. Westbrook, Cole, and Moncrief. I'll probably scratch Moncrief off my list, but one of those other guys could actually do pretty well considering that Cody Kessler, like I said, it's just one of those things. He just can't be as bad of a passer as Blake Bortles was. So maybe that lights a fire under him. Plus, he doesn't really have much to lose. You know, he's, yeah. he's going to come out there and be, be winging the ball all over the place. So sure. Keelan Cole's always been my favorite of the bunch. You know, I'm, I'm willing to go back to that well as bad as it's been this season. But, you know, these guys have all had big games at some point this season. So like that call. I don't think a lot of people feel comfortable going with Jacksonville receivers. Uh, so there's an edge there. I don't know about cash games, but tournaments uh, and hope for the big dart there. And what should be a higher scoring game here on this early slate. So that'll wrap us up here for part one. Again, we'll come back and we'll cover the rest of the main slate with the four and four thirty games. We'll cover Sunday night football for you. Monday night football answer the few user questions we got. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the users here with the questions, but we'll, we'll answer those. Maybe some bold calls, some hot takes, maybe some gambling picks here uh, in part two. But make sure you guys come on back for that. That'll be posted sometime tomorrow. Guys, final thoughts here. Part one, week 13. Shop, what do you got? Uh, back to a big, big main slate here. So that's good stuff. And uh, come back for part two, and uh, I'll give you an update on the old ESPN season-long league. There we go. Everyone's <laughs> looking forward to that. Derek, final thoughts here for part one, week 13. Yeah, how do you not tune into part two now? Uh, yeah, it should be a fun week. You guys said it, the 13-game main slate should be very high scoring. So a great week to make a bunch of tournament lineups. And, of course, I mess with our great listeners. We love each and every one of you. Appreciate you tuning in, as always, for Head Chopper, for Notorious. I am Beer Sansalu, wrapping up this part one. Come on back for part two. We're out of here.